0: Welcome to Rework, a podcast by Basecamp about the better way to work and run your business. I'm Sean Hildner.
1: And I'm Waylon Wong. Today we're talking about open offices, which might seem like a strange topic for us to weigh in on because Basecamp is a remote company. People can work from wherever they want.
0: Sure. But we do have a physical office in Chicago, and it's actually pretty open in terms of the layout. We have conference rooms and even more private phone booth rooms. But when we're working at the office, most of the time, we're sitting at our desk in a big open space.
1: And yet, we at Basecamp have railed against open offices for years. Now, before you yell j'accuse at us, I will say that we operate by something we call library rules. It means that in the office, we're working quietly at our desks and speaking below a normal tone of voice. If we need to have a longer conversation with someone, we hop in a conference room.
0: Yeah, the idea is to respect your coworkers' focus time and not interrupt them. Because it's not that open offices are always bad, it's that they can be miserable places to work when they're full of noise and other distractions.
1: Today on the show, we hear from two people who open up about their office experiences. First up, Tommy George. He's a developer who has worked in every conceivable kind of office. He takes us on a journey through his career. There's fingernail clipping, a ban on headphones, and something Tommy calls not remote, but very alone.
2: I'm Tommy George, and I'm a software engineer and web developer for the UVersion Bible app.
1: Tommy's first office experience was a six-month consulting
2: gig. It was cubes, but they were shared cubes. But it was a culture that was extremely playful. <laughs> Things would fly over the edge sometimes. People would bounce in on their yoga balls or whatever those are. So even with some cubes and a and a partner there was still a, a little bit of distraction. Um, so that was first.
1: And what did you think of it when you got in there and people are throwing things and rolling around on medicine balls?
2: Well, it was very fun at first. It was a new culture to me and, and kind of exciting because it, it seemed fun. And I thought, oh, I'm finally breaking into, you know, this is must be what programmer life is like.
1: And then where did you go after that?
2: I think after that was a large enterprise, uh, in the, the, you get your cubicle alone kind of, uh, classic office space environment. That was interesting. It was a definitely a big shift. You hear other people's keyboards, but anything other than that would really distract people. A completely, completely gross thing that a, a co-worker there would do is like clip his nails to bother other people. <laughs>
1: oh. I always thought that was a cliche, it, but no, it's like it's you real. really lived it.
2: <laughs> it's real and gross.
1: Did you find that kind of environment conducive to doing work? Um, were there some benefits you saw of that like very quiet
2: space? It definitely can be, for sure. I mean, quiet space. <laughs> I, as a remote person, I will definitely vouch for quiet spaces, um, having made that transition. But it you know, there there is that difference where collaboration just doesn't happen as easily if you can't as easily interrupt someone unless you're just one of those people, which that comes along later for me. But yeah, it was good because I mean, during that time, I was studying a lot on what I was doing, and so if you just needed time to sit at your desk and and read through a a book on PHP or something, that could happen. But then when you did need to collab, it was it was a little little harder or not as co- not as conducive to doing the team things because you'd have to leave that area to go somewhere else to kind of collab.
1: Did you find it isolating at all?
2: Yeah, there were definitely days and that was a little different where it did feel a little little too quiet or a little too alone, especially if some of the other cube mates weren't even around if you heard fewer keyboard noises in the office
1: <laughs> at that office did you have? you know, like instant messenger or chat or anything?
2: In their dot corporate environment, it wasn't super part of the culture, if that makes sense. So I could message people, but it was as good as sending an email or something. They they probably weren't looking at it.
1: And then where did you go after that?
2: Well, there was two. One I'll just kind of breeze over. I was the solo guy in the back of kind of a closet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds great. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. So it was just me. So that's like- not remote, but also very alone. And I was running a website for a jewelry store, but it was just me. And I was hanging out with some of the stock and things they would sell on the internet. That was definitely isolating, having to be on site, that kind of culture, but also literally no interaction with anybody else in the store, no reason to really interact with anybody else. That's the kind of thing that probably should have been a remote job, but it <laughs> wasn't.
1: So you had that experience and then what came after that?
2: Uh, after that was the, I guess what I would call the open hallway, which was the first fully open office uh, environment that I was in. If you wanted to go from Department A to Department C, you kind of walk through us. So we had lots of foot traffic that had nothing to do with IT or tech or web or anything. Was it
1: incredibly distracting?
2: Given the people there, there were days <laughs> that it was it was definitely distracting. Some of the folks in our department, didn't really grasp, I guess, like anything about interruption. So if they needed you or something like that, they were just going to stand next to you and get your attention. Eventually, because of things like that, and other departments were similar, kind of like lots of foot traffic, they ended up banning whistling and headphones.
0: Wait, let me actually read this memo. To all employees, temporary workers, and contractors, we are gearing up for a busy summer, and some of our positions are already in peak mode. Observations have been made regarding possible work distractions, and the following changes are to be implemented immediately. Are you ready for this, Waylon? Yeah. No music in the departments, period. That means radios, earphones, etc. The reason for this, one, temptation to sing along, thus taking your concentration off your work and disrupting others' concentration. Two, temptation to tap your pencil, feet, etc. Again, disrupting your own and others' concentration. No whistling in the departments, very distracting to others. It's reasonable. No long, in-depth group conversations regarding non-work-related topics. These are time eaters. We need to focus on our jobs, <laughs> not who did what over the weekend, etc. This is my favorite one. No lengthy visiting or taking your breaks with other staff members if they are not on break and away from their desk. This includes visiting while waiting to get into the restroom. What? Uh, yeah, I know. With staff seated close to copying machines, et cetera, you may be waiting, but the others are at their desks and should be working.
1: The headphones thing is puzzling because presumably people are putting in headphones because they want to block out noise so they can focus or because they want to listen to something while they're doing their work. right? And I don't see what the reasoning is in taking that away.
2: My understanding, having been there several years, was they tried to reduce the awkwardness to interrupt someone because you have to kind of tap them on the shoulder or stand there and wait to get their attention. Why go through all that if you can just walk up to someone and say their name? (laughs) It was it was an environment kind of like that, like if something uh, from leadership wasn't comfortable with something that happened or an interaction happened, there would be kind of a new memo and a new policy and. And It would come out. I do know that some of the, the whistling part was actually just one incident that happened rather than approach someone. The culture was just more like, OK, let's just not talk to anybody. Let's just send a, a broad email or a memo so that everyone knows. Just like, don't do that. And then no one gets offended or no one has to be talked to directly. You know, I, I really don't want to be negative at all about it. Um, but it's just kind of that kind of thinking.
1: Now, were you a headphones person? Did you have to stop wearing headphones?
2: I became a headphones person, and uh, I would sometimes wear headphones that weren't even plugged into anything.
1: Right. <laughs> because,
2: uh, and I I hate this, but I, there was even a time when I would count my name being mentioned by someone because I, I knew that this person would find answers on their own, but if I was around, I was going to get tapped. So... I would just wait until I heard my name like twice and then I would turn around because I knew the first time they'd probably just Google something and figure it out. Uh, and I, I don't like that. I don't like it all that it came to that kind of thing. So I was a headphones person and then, uh, that memo actually came out. I had given notice for like a month's notice because I was going to transition to a new job, um, for probably obvious reasons. And then that came out. I kind of went to some of the leadership there. And I was like, hey, guys, I don't know if you thought this through. And I did try to, like, lead up or whatever you want to call it. Went to them and was like, hey, I know I'm on the way out. (laughs) But, like, to ban headphones completely, like, I wouldn't stay here. Like, I, I would be on the way out. But I don't know if that had much weight since I had already put in notice
1: you gave it the old the old college try see if you could salvage the situation for your old
2: coworkers <laughs> <laughs> yeah cuz there were still going to be people there and it wasn't a huge company so in a in a smallish like kind of it web everybody kind of all the tech folks in the same kind of department being that kind of culture of course there were people that wanted to wear headphones or listen to music and we kind of don't want to put on an open radio with some crazy music or something that everybody doesn't want to hear so headphones seems to be a logical answer to that
1: that brings us to Tommy's current job, where he works remotely from Memphis, Tennessee, for a company that's based in Oklahoma.
2: Our offices there locally are, well, I guess, I don't know what you would call it, but like mostly open. But the culture has an understanding, like we've done lots of little things or little systems. Uh, some folks do like a little red light for deep work time, and people recognize that. All of the management mostly will not stay in their offices just to make them available as quiet rooms. We have quiet rooms available. We proactively try to, like everyone's kind of aware that it is an open kind of environment. I think that open office or sort of open office can work, but it depends on the culture and the people.
1: Did you ever find with the open offices that Um, there was a unique kind of collaboration you would get from being physically co-located. That was the the big promise of the open office, I think. And now the culture has shifted on that too. But did you ever find kind of that spark in there that was supposed to be the potential of the open office?
2: I've totally seen how there's a huge benefit sometimes for being able to sit around the table together and all just hammer something out. It is Absolutely easier to just turn to your left and go, hey, I'm stuck on this thing. Do you know anything about this? Uh, and get like a, a quick answer, a really quick feedback. You hear all of the kind of funny conversation this morning. I know some folks in the office were talking about some new Twitch streamer that we all thought was hilarious. And I posted in chat and they're like, oh, my gosh, so and so was just showing us this or whatever. So that. Doesn't happen as much if you especially if you aren't fully, I guess, remote first where everything's in a chat room.
1: It it sounds like where you're working now that the management has been quite explicit and clear about respecting people's focus time and establishing those norms, like not just letting them kind of like bubble up and be unspoken, but that there's some conscious effort to kind of lay down some ground rules about how to work together in a way that makes everyone happy.
2: Yes. It's actually gone all the way through the organization. So we tried out for a while, like a, I think it was Wednesdays between 11 and noon or something like that. It was just like everybody's focus time, like the whole org, like just kind of, hey, unless you absolutely have to don't plan meetings during this time, you know, this is kind of quiet time for the whole organization. I think it's a lot about the people. And if everybody has an understanding that We're all in an open space. Just kind of a self-awareness is super, super helpful.
1: Next up is a story about an open office, but there's a twist. I talked to someone from a company that actually went from a closed layout to an open one in the year 2019.
3: My name is Arnela, Arnela Hajdarević. <laughs> it's a Bosnian name, so it might be a little bit complicated to pronounce. Uh, I work as a communication specialist here at Zemana. Uh, Zemana is a software company, and we design uh, anti-malware and anti-virus solutions. Well, we have two offices. One office uh, is in Turkey, Ankara, and our other office is here in Sarajevo, Bosnia and Herzegovina. There are about
1: 13 people in the Sarajevo office and another 13 in Ankara, Turkey. Can you tell me a little bit about how your office in Sarajevo was set up before you made the big change?
3: Well, when we first came to Sarajevo and when we opened the office here, the idea was that everyone can have their own privacy. So what we did is we had one uh, big conference room where we held all the meetings. And the next bit, there was a special office for the CTO and CEO. And uh, in the middle, there was this one one big room for the employees and everyone uh, was sitting in their own glass cubicles. So the culture and the mentality was actually, while everyone was busy, if we had a lot of work to do, we would just sit in our cubicles and do the job that was needed to be done. But somehow every, let's say approximately two hours, when you get tired, you would get up and walk to somebody's uh, desk and sit or stand and try to chit-chat a little bit, talk for 10 or 15 minutes. Or we would just go together into the conference room where we had, besides the besides meeting, we also called it like a living room where we had fun. So we had a, a big TV and we had a PlayStation. So sometimes we went there to play video games and things like that.
1: And then when did um, the feelings start to come that maybe people were um, dissatisfied with this setup or wanted to try something else?
3: Well, after, let's say, three years, uh, somehow the team grew. So when we had two or three uh, new team members, we somehow felt like maybe they are too shy or maybe they will just stay in their cubicles and they will be too shy to come out and talk to everyone or... It would somehow restrain them, uh, which would later affect the productivity and the work itself. And everything started to change. So we became a little bit, uh, let's say, tired and we started feeling uh, too confined. And also at one point, uh, even the whole team started to divide in the sense that there were little groups. Like we started creating these little groups, which was not something we, we were used to. You could just feel that we weren't satisfied anymore.
1: Over in Zamana's Ankara office, the employees had recently moved to a new space that was
3: open. It had a lot of open space, so fresh, so new, so bright. They were much happier in this new office, so we thought maybe our problem is that we are not like that. Maybe we should change the office, and then maybe things will get much better than before.
1: What were some of the advantages of the open office that you read about when you were doing your research that sounded really appealing?
3: Well, what sounded most appealing to us uh, is that we realized that if we remove the glass and if we have this open office, first of all, when you come into the office, it would look nicer, cleaner, maybe more organized. And number two is uh, better communication. We really want to improve communication between uh, team members because we have uh, two different departments. One department is for sales and marketing. The other department is technical team programmers. So we somehow wanted to sync these two teams and to enable better communication be- between all team members.
1: When you were doing your research about the advantages of the open office, did you also read some of the concerns about the open office? Because it's been, as you know, um, quite a subject of furious debate, especially in the United States. And I don't know if if some of that has also uh, trickled over into Europe.
3: Yes, of course. Of course. It wasn't an easy process. It really took like months, months before we decided to actually do it. We had so many meetings, so many brainstormings, so many articles read because even though it looked appealing, many teammates, team members had uh, concerns and there were so many cons when it comes to open offices and so we went through basically one by one and discussed everything together. One of my uh, teammates said that what if somebody for example wants to eat lunch um, you know, in front of the computer at their own desk. So what if they, I don't know, too loudly or something like that? It was even these tiny details that everyone was concerned about. And we somehow talked about it a lot. And in the end, we just decided to take the risk and see how it works for us.
1: In terms of some of the top concerns that you were hearing from your co-workers, before you made the big change physically to the space, did you say, OK, we'll come up with a plan, a policy or a set of policies that will uh, make sure that um, we all know what the expectations are for how to behave in a
3: new space? We agreed that uh, when it comes to music, for example, we should just be a little bit more observant, maybe not think that much or that often, maybe to turn the volume down because sometimes even when we have a headphones, you can still hear somebody else's music. So we agree that we should be more considerate when it comes to this part. It's much easier for us because we are a small team. And then if somebody uh, forgets about this or turns the volume up too high, we just tell them, excuse me, I'm working with something. Can you please just be a little bit more silent and then it's not a problem. Uh, now, I also read some articles where um, I know in USA, for example, where there are bigger companies with uh, many workers, uh, I know that a problem can be distraction. This was one of the, let's say, the biggest cons when it comes to open office idea. So luckily for us, we are a small team, and when we are working, you can really uh, sometimes, actually often, Even hear the fly, (laughs) you know how they say. So somehow it's all going very smoothly. There's no pressure. And for now, it really uh, worked well for us.
1: The office hired handymen to dismantle all the glass cubicle walls.
3: We have two lines of desks. So that, for example, somebody who's sitting behind me is not looking into my PC. His back is against my back.
1: What have been some of the biggest benefits you've seen since you've made this switch?
3: Well, honestly, in the appearance of the office, because it looks now like we have much more space. It's We have uh, a lot of light now because when we had uh, glass cubicles, it all looked so uh, boring. So when we removed all of this, when we smashed the glass, removed everything, the light from the windows started to come in more. And also the communication improved because now, uh, for example, before when we had uh, scrum meetings, we would all have together go into the conference room, sit down. All of this took uh, so much time. Now when we have scrum meetings, we just turn around with our chairs. You know, we just turn around, form a circle, quickly do the scrum meeting, brainstorming, and then you go back to work. I know that uh, sometimes in some companies, open office uh, do not improve productivity they actually sometimes even block it but in our case it really helped because sometimes when you are sitting in that cubicle sometimes when you have to go and finish some task together with your colleague sometimes you're too lazy to even uh, you know get up let alone go to their desk (laughs) i'm not saying that every company should do it but for the space that we have at the moment for the size of it and for the size of the team uh, for now it was okay we didn't have uh, too many problems, let's
1: say. Yeah, it sounds like the culture at your company, and um, perhaps this is set by your CEO on down, it sounds like there is set up a culture of respecting people's focus time and people's attention.
3: Yes, yes, because we have a lot of our team members who have this problem with distraction. And we talked about this long time ago. So we have a lot of respect towards uh, someone's When you see that somebody is really working, really focused, you will not uh, disturb them in any way. Unless something is really urgent, you can come politely to them or we use a Slack. So sometimes we also communicate via Slack. Uh, So it's really, actually, it has to do with the mentality of the company. Somehow our team is, uh, let's say, we are all similar. We know how to, we got used to each other by now. And this is why it works. For bigger companies, I'm not sure that the open office is always a good idea, honestly. But for us, because of the mentality that we have, I think that's why. Sometimes, of course, we get into um, quarrels, sometimes miscommunication was often a problem. But in the end, we can all just sit down and talk normally. And really, the most important thing is to resolve a problem when we see it.
0: Rework is produced by Waylon Wong and me, Sean Hildner. Our theme music is Broken by Design by Clipart. You can find show notes and a transcript for this episode at rework.fm. You can also find us on Twitter at Rework Podcast or leave us a voicemail at 708-628-7850.
1: yet yeah, we at base camp have railed against <laughs> railed <laughs> i don't
0: think that jokes as good as you think it is.
1: <laughs> Really, i'm actually I, i'm surprised we don't make it more often
0: we should <laughs>